Welcome to the All Souls Episcopal Parish in Berkeley's Sermon Podcast. Today is the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, and we hear from the Reverend Maggie Foote as she preaches from the lectionary, which this week was Luke chapter 18, verses 1 to 8. As always, you can find more information or sermons by All Soulsians on our homepage, which is allsoulsparish.org. The whole of our Christian lives takes place in the difficult space between God's promise and its fulfillment. That's an uncomfortable place to hang out. On the one hand, there's anticipation and hope, and yet on the other, there's pain and longing. Pain for the brokenness and injustice of our world, and longing for the world as Jesus describes it when he talks about the reign of God. Emily talked in her sermon last week about the longings that bring people to church and how when we find ourselves in Christian community, our longings have a place at the table. They're valued and lifted up. I've been sitting with that this week and considering the longings that first brought me to the table for myself and not because church was just something my family did on the weekends. It strikes me that my individual longings have come and gone over the years. Sometimes they're met by community and healing takes place. Sometimes I examine them a little more closely and realize they're just covering up something else. And inevitably, they creep back in, and I have to dig deeper into the community and to my spiritual practices once more. One thing that remains constant, though, is the deep longing we hold collectively as Christians for the coming of the reign of God. This is the subversive gift of living life in Christian community. You come into this place with your own longings, and somewhere along the line, you join in on the communal longing for the reign of God. You assume the longings of every person of faith who has come before you, and carry them for a season on behalf of everyone who will come after you. Taking on the mantle of deep dissatisfaction with the world the way it is, and hope for what the world could be. Okay, so where do we go from here? And what does that have to do with today's gospel? I think to really unpack this parable, we need to talk about three things. One, who's the widow and why does she matter to the story? Two, what does Jesus mean when he says that this parable is about the disciples' need to pray always and not lose heart? And three, how can any of this be a gift? So first, the widow. A widow in Jesus' time had a particular claim to justice. Throughout the Hebrew scriptures, people are consistently instructed to care for widows and orphans. Take, for example, Deuteronomy 10, 17, and 18. For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who is not partial and takes no bribe, who executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and who loves strangers, providing them with food and clothing. Or 24.17, you shall not deprive a resident alien or an orphan of justice. You shall not take a widow's garment in pledge. Or 27.19, cursed be anyone who deprives an alien, an orphan, or a widow of justice. This is not because widows or orphans are weak and helpless. 
In fact, in verse 5 of our text this morning, the verse that says, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out. The word that's translated as wear me out is actually an image from boxing that can literally be translated as hit me under the eye. (laughs) So we're not dealing with a poor, helpless woman here who just nags and begs and pleads until someone takes pity on her. We're dealing with a woman who knows that the culture and society in which she lives are not set up for a woman like her without a husband. And that's a failure on the part of the society at large. The suffering of widows and orphans are symbols in Jesus' time of failure on the part of the whole community. That doesn't make the widow in our story weak and helpless. It makes her a symbol to everyone else that injustice is at work in their world. An ancient fist of protest raised in the face of those in power. So if the widow isn't so much a poor, helpless woman as a symbol of the injustice of society, then how does that change our understanding of Jesus' words to his disciples? That this story is about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. I think at first glance, one could surmise that this parable is about individual needs. The widow has her own personal desire for what she calls justice against her opponent. And she seeks out the one person who could grant her that justice and doesn't stop bothering him until her needs are met. But that metaphor really starts to break down if you think about it for even one or two minutes. If that's the case, then this parable is easily disproved by every individual prayer that goes unanswered. Every miracle longed for, but never seen. But when we start to think of the widow as a symbol of the society's injustice, then how does that change the way we view her actions and her behavior towards the judge? When we think of the widow in this way, we start to see her as what in the community organizing world we call an agitator, someone who brings the needs of a particular group of people to the forefront. Agitators are not powerless. Agitators take an active role in making change by often being the first and loudest voices against injustice. Agitators by nature are always in character. They're the people in your family who can't let go of an offhand bigoted comment made by a distant relative at Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) They're the people who stand up in every single PTA meeting advocating for the exact same thing. They are the women who continually bring up the wage gap between men and women in their companies. They are activists who won't congratulate politicians on half-hearted baby steps toward justice when people's lives are at stake. Now you may be thinking to yourself, oh, I've met that kind of person. And wow, are they exhausting. (laughs) Yeah. That's why the judge in our parable this morning is like, this lady is going to give me a black eye if I don't acquiesce to her needs. But if she wasn't agitating in the way she was, no change would ever happen. So I think Jesus is asking us to be a little bit more like that widow, the agitator. When Jesus is telling us that this parable is about our need to pray without ceasing, Jesus is asking us to never break character, so to speak. Jesus is asking that in everything we do, we keep the dream of the justice of the reign of God at the forefront of our thoughts and words and actions. No days off. <laughs>
This isn't about hiding ourselves away and begging God for, we want, for what we want or an image of prayer that keeps us separate from the world. It's about living a life that brings awareness to the people around us that we're not living right. That the injustice that we see around us is not God's dream for any of us. This brings me to my final question. How can any of this be a gift? I talked at the beginning of this sermon about how in entering a Christian community, we take on the communal longings of the church for a world that looks a little bit more like the reign of God that Jesus proclaims. A world of justice, abundance, mercy, and joy. I also talked about how we'll likely live our whole lives in the space between the promise of this reign and its fulfillment. And then I talked about how Jesus wants us to be an agitator, which by all accounts is an, an, is an exhausting calling. So far, while perhaps virtuous, this all sounds kind of bad. Or at the very least, hard. So how can it be a gift? I want to start by saying that Jesus never promises us that a life of following him will be anything less than costly, difficult, and alienating. And there will have... And there have been times that I certainly have found this to be the case myself. Watching the news every day and wondering how our fellow humans can't see that their hypocrisy blinds them to the real need and suffering in our world is infuriating on a good day. On the bad days, it steals my hope. It makes me feel helpless. But I wonder what the alternative would be to live a life completely unaffected by the fact that people around me are suffering? I wouldn't take that trade for a billion dollars. The gift of taking on the communal longing for the reign of God and the dream of the world as it could be is connection. It's being knit together with every other person on this planet to the point where their longings for healing, for wholeness, for love, become our longings on their behalf. And that our longings become theirs as well. God made us to be together. And when we allow ourselves to be drawn into community, we begin to see that when we take on that mantle together, we find ourselves standing shoulder to shoulder with people who keep the dream of God's reign at the forefront of their lives and help us to do the same. This is the gift. Because the world we live in is riddled with injustice no matter how we slice it. But I'd rather be here, shoulder to shoulder with people who are aware of that and unsettled by it, and who pray continually with their thoughts, words, and actions for a better way than anywhere else. <laughs>